We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what's going on, everybody? A bonus episode, Talk Buffalo podcast on a Wednesday. I told you guys to subscribe. We have shows every Tuesday, every Friday, but we're going to be doing bonus episodes scattered throughout, and today's one of them. In fact, starting today... And for the next six Wednesdays leading up to the NFL draft on April 29th, going to do a Buffalo Bills mock draft and uh, fun exercises to do, man. I'm, I did them a lot last year with my guest today, Aaron Quinn from Cover One, and excited to have you back for this exercise. We had a lot of fun doing it last year, so hopefully we could uh, turn out some entertaining content and, and kind of come to some conclusions. Now, you don't you don't have Aaron any like preconceived notions right now of who you're going to draft. Is this going to kind of be one of those, uh, you know, fly by the night and see what's on the board at 30 kind of deals. You don't know ahead of time. What's up? Yeah. What's up, man. Thanks for having me on as always. Uh, this draft is a weird one for me, first of all, because we started so late in the process, having a team that was in the AFC championship game. I didn't look at, I don't watch a lot of college football during the year. I kind of try to save it all in years past when the bills aren't even in the playoffs or wild card and bounce. That's worked well for me because I can just, I have all the time in the world to catch up this year. I felt like I was behind uh, and the pick to me doesn't ha- hold the same weight as it used to have these bills draft picks when they were picking in the teens or picking in the top 10. And you felt like you needed a franchise guy to change the franchise that we've got that bills have got that. There's really not a lot of pressure at pick 30, lots of talent back there. I kind of like a lot of the way I see mock drafts and pretty much everyone where I see at 30, I'm like, yeah, I can get in with that. Like there's <laughs> nothing I'm super opposed to. There's nobody I'm really pounding the table hard for. There's a lot of guys that'll make me happy. That's a fun position to be in. The downside of starting so late is I, I was telling you offline a little bit when we start getting later into the draft, I, I'm going to have a hard time seeing some of these guys making rosters, your fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. 
uh, this just isn't that team anymore. You're going to have to really get some specialists and stuff. So I'm not as familiar at this point in in getting to those round grades on any types of prospects, but I feel pretty good. Uh, And I I got got some hard stances that will probably come in the second and third round when we get into this mock and and we can argue about that when we get there. (laughs) Well, a couple of things before we get going. So one thing that you spoke out in your right is we're still kind of getting used to not having several months to start thinking about prospects because again, typically for 17 years, by the time it got to be like Thanksgiving time, you were pretty much exclusively focused on next year, next off season, who the bills get targeted free agency, who they're going to, you know, where they're going to draft, who they're going to look at in the draft because there was no postseason to look forward to. So that's kind of a process that, uh, we're still getting used to. I'm also glad what you said about the late round picks because it's no given that they'll make this roster because this roster is frankly better than it's been in a very long time. Now, a couple of things too, before we get going, Aaron, I want to let everybody know we're going to do this. And again, it'll be a process over the next six weeks. We'll change it up some today. And I instructed general manager, Aaron Quinn today, Buffalo Bills, general manager, Aaron Quinn, no trades today. So you're going to be picking each time the bills are on the clock that you're scheduled to be on the clock, which as of, I shouldn't say as of right now, because this will be, where they're picking. So they got a pick in the first round, the second round, the third, not, not in the fourth because they got, uh, they traded uh, for digs last year. They lost the fourth rounder. Right. They got two in the fifth, their own plus uh pick acquired for Zay Jones. which I got to find that funny. <laughs> and then they got their own six. And, and then they got a seventh rounder, which they acquired from the Panthers from Marshall Newhouse. So Marshall Newhouse and Zay Jones netted you two draft picks this year. But like I said, no trades. And uh, before that, you know what? Let's jump off the bills for one second, Aaron. I want to ask you a question because this is draft related about two teams in the division, Miami and the Jets. You have Sam Darnold and you have Tua. Okay. So you've got two guys on teams that are, uh, well, Miami was good last year, but Tua struggled as a rookie. Sam Darnold has been in the league for three years now. He struggled big time. And you got an opportunity to both these teams do to have picks in the top three. So what do you think right now these teams are thinking? Because you don't want to give up on a young guy, especially two. I mean, he literally just got healthy and played less than one full season. But Aaron, Miami's a good team. And how often are you, and especially if you plan on being good for a while, how often are you going to have a pick in the top three where if you want to get a quarterback, you don't have to mortgage the farm to move up to get one. They got one at three. They can have one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. And in the case of the New York Jets, Sam Darnold, again, going into year four, they got the second pick of the draft. Do you think maybe, do you think that they're going to keep Darnold and maybe try to trade down and build around him and give him another year or two? Or do you think it's time to move on from him and ditto for Miami? Because again, I'm going to preface this by saying this to you. You don't get a lot of opportunities, at least if you don't plan on being bad every year, you're not going to get a lot of, a lot of opportunities to pick this high in the draft without having to give up anything. You know what I'm saying? So like, what's your thought process with those quarterbacks? If I was general manager of either one of those teams, I think my preference would be to trade back. I think that same amount of stock that you said of picking as high as you are to get a quarterback. I think there's also a benefit of being able to collect some team building assets uh, for a team that's desperate to get up there that hasn't had a chance to get up there and will maybe overpay for it. I think Sam Darnold is still the prospect that we saw him be. I I think he's one of those cases where 
you get drafted into just a terrible situation. I think it was almost the opposite of a Josh Allen situation. Josh Allen walked into Buffalo and had every single individual in one Bills drive supporting him 100% to make sure that he succeeded. The cafeteria lady, you know, like this entire building's around him. I never got that sense, really. Uh, Adam Gase is not a leader of men. That organization has no sense of where they were going. Um, So I think it was a disservice to him. I don't know if it's damaged him permanently. I don't know if this coaching staff can get, you know, who we thought that prospect was, if we he, they can fix him and get him back up to the ceiling that I think most drafts people thought he would be. I think a lot of people uh, thought that he was going to be the best quarterback of this draft class. And the tools are still there. Um, he's got to learn. I think it's enough of a potential there to, to look at the situation and say, Gase was just a terrible coach. We can fix this guy to, to, to make a move like that. But out of the two situations, I think the Jets are also probably the most primed to select a quarterback. If one team's going to stay and the other team's going to move, I think Miami does believe two is the future. They're they're at least saying all the right things to say that that's what is going on there. And I think that they have a little bit of the Belichick idea that if you build a good enough team and get to it to just play good enough, that you can do something pretty good. Uh, I think they're going to try to move back. I think a lot of they're probably already been fielding calls for that pick i think they've got probably a number of suitors who would like to get up there that either missed out on the sean watson or that hasn't happened yet or the russ wilson missing out on that you're gonna have some of these teams willing to make some big moves and i think miami is a good team we saw it last year like they're not a bad team i agree with you i think if they would have stuck it out with fits that's a playoff team for sure they're not sure. playing for the final playoff spot i think the mishandling the qb so if you can get a couple more picks and, and build for your future down there and hope that Tua pans out, I don't think that's a bad strategy. Uh, you might miss, but I think it's a calculated miss. I Of the two situations, I definitely agree with you 100% when it comes to Miami. Now, maybe a week or so ago, my mind would have been different because I would have been all in for Deshaun Watson if I was either of these two franchises totally, yeah, yeah. right now. But Hey, I mean, we're not going to, I know the you're going to say this, the times are changing and I know you're going to have the same stance that I do. And that's, I'm not going to condemn Deshaun Watson before facts come out, but there's a lot of shit going on. Let's just, I'm also not going to, I'm Go also ahead. not going to uh, put my franchise at risk for the next five years, potentially sure. by trying to make a move before this is cleared up. A- absolutely. Know? Yeah. But I don't uh, think, I, I don't see something you know, there's 12 accusers as we're taping this late in the Monday night. Right. I don't see this being cleared up at not any time. Before the draft. Real soon. No, it's not, not before, before the, the draft. draft. So yeah, that becomes too much of a risk for either franchise. Look with Tua again, he was coming off a major injury. Aaron, if we would have been having this conversation and going into 2019 after Josh Allen's rookie season right. and the bills had a top three pick and there were three really good, highly touted quarterbacks coming out, there would have at least been some kind of conversation. Hey, can Josh Allen cut it as a starter in this league? Because he didn't look all that great. But I mean, in fairness. I think our fan base would have probably, the fan base probably would have been 50-50 on Twitter, at least on whether or not you draft or, or roll with Josh Allen. I don't think, I think half the fan base wasn't a believer of Josh Allen until four weeks into this last season. So 50, uh, 50, 50, 50. 50% of people didn't even want Josh Allen to begin with before, right. before he was a rookie, let alone after his rookie season. But my point is, I don't know. If I'm Miami, I, I agree with you. I think they could build a really good team. You trade back. You already got four picks in like the top 50, including two in the first round. That's a great opportunity. Sam Darnold, though, I 
it's unfair to him because I do think he has been kind of set up to fail between the head coach and offense. It was just, I mean, horribly flawed. That offensive line has just been yeah. horrific. No identity of None. who they Zero. are as a team. Zero. So I, I tend to think that maybe this dude might be scarred. You see this situation, not just in football and sports all the time, where sometimes a change of scenery is what a guy needs. I kind of feel like that's what Sam Darnold needs. And I think that might be best for the Jets too. Maybe, I mean, his value is not going to be as high as they wish it was, but maybe get a couple seconds or a second and something else. And so what are they waiting on though? I guess like, cause they, they know they can get a quarterback, right? Like they're not waiting on a chip to fall. They're going to get a guy if they want one. And I would think Darnold's value only goes down after they draft that guy and then try to move on from him. So it seems like if they are trying to move on from him, that's one in my opinion, you got to do while the value is the highest, which it's not a high value. Like nobody's going to give away them tons. Yeah. And there's not a lot of jobs and some of them are going quickly. Like Washington already signed Fitzpatrick. Chicago already signed Andy Dalton. If you want to trade Sam Darnold, yeah, there's no reason to not do it now because you've got that second pick. There's nothing to hide. You already know Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. So in the Jets' mind, that two pick is really a one, not counting Trevor Lawrence because they can do whatever, literally whatever they want. The other play here is potentially more of a something's going to happen to a quarterback situation at training camp or in the preseason, and you're going to have this guy with some experience starting that other people don't have. That is also available and that's a little bit of a gamble to hold on to him till then. I hope that something like that where a team gets desperate and wants you, but that's probably the highest paying asset wise scenario that you're going to get is some teams desperate. They think they're a playoff contender. Now the bears, Andy Dalton goes down and they don't have anyone to be the quarterback of their team or, or uh, you know, Pittsburgh, somebody like that uh, team goes down and they're willing to move some assets to see if they can get uh Sam Darnold to just get them to the playoffs. I think that's the scenario where you would see an overpay. Uh, but again, it's a gamble. You might not get a team that bites and you're stuck with Darnold in a weird situation. He knows you don't want him to be there and, and have moved on. I think that's a tough situation for any locker room. Sure. And I'll say this to the AFC East, those two teams and then New England picking 12. And there's a good chance that they're interested in a quarterback near mm-hmm. the top of the draft. Who knows? Maybe they try to sneak one in at 12 or maybe they move up. It's going to be interesting. They have some assets to make a move. They absolutely do. And it's funny because, again, typically through all these years, the Bills would have somewhere near a top 10 pick and we'd be evaluating different guys right now. But there's still interest because Miami, the Jets, New England, they're in a division. They're all hungry for younger quarterbacks. Well, at least maybe they are. Maybe they're not. We'll find out. But it makes for a fascinating uh, scenario. Anyway, with the Bills, I wanted to wait until – now to start doing a mock draft because they're fun. Okay. They certainly make for fun water cooler debate. Sometimes they're definitely time passers for people who create content like we do during the off season. That said though, I don't put any stock into a mock. Not, I mean, you shouldn't put not, never put too much stock in any mock draft ever, but especially before free agency. If me and you were doing this two weeks ago, bro, I would have been talking about, a linebacker to replace Matt Milano or a right tackle to replace Offensive tackle. Darryl yeah, it was Williams. like my number one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't do a, too much, you know, before free agency. I can't stand mock drafts, to be honest. I will do them because it's part of it to sort of gauge where people are thinking certain people are, but they're all wrong. Uh, anytime I have done them and posted them on my Twitter, somebody's always like, you're not going to get this guy in that round. This guy, there's no way this guy's there. And it's like, dude, I don't set these boards. Like, I... 
the right, boards are set. Right. It's just a mock draft, man. I'm just running through the the process. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're all wrong. The hit rate on mock drafts is not great. The hit rate on draft picks in the NFL is not great. Like this is all just a giant guessing game. Uh, I would venture to say a lot of the people that put out a lot of mock drafts, they're not even scouting guys in the second half, the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like very few people I know have the time and ability to do it right to, you know, that they're scouting fifth round picks and they have a a really good scouting report on them. Eric Turner is one of them. Joe Marino is one of them. Like there's a few handful of guys and Buffalo Bills fans, I think are lucky because a lot of those guys exist in our community. Um, but I think a lot of people just put them out and they're just throwing names that, that come up, which is a little bit what we're going to do here tonight. <laughs> it's exactly what we're going to be yeah. doing at some point anyway. So people understand too, how we're doing this. And again, Aaron and I did a few of these last year. We're doing a full mock draft, but we're only going to talk about the bills picks and we're going to let the computer simulate the other 31 teams. So he's Aaron's going to do that through the DraftNetwork.com. Shout out Joe Marino. And, uh, that's the way we're going to do it again. Same thing as last year. Now, when it comes to the bills and pick 30, look, some positions we be wasting our time talking about, like, guess what? The bills are not taking a quarterback at 30. The bills are not taking a tackle at 30 anymore. At least I don't think with Daryl Williams and Deion Dawkins, both locked up pretty young for the foreseeable future. Milano and Edmonds, they're not taking a linebacker. Okay. Less likely, but you know, not impossible. A wide receiver. I highly doubt it, but the right guy. The right guy, maybe. I originally, before we uh, started tape, but I said safety should be on the, they're not taking list, but you never know. I mean, Hoyer and Pied are, uh, Hoyer and Pied, <laughs> Micah Hyde and Jordan Hoyer are locked in, but right. maybe. I don't, but they're I, aging. I, they're, they are aging. And also, you never know. I mean, maybe if a big one of those guys safety, goes down. Sure. Absolutely. So I, I would say it's unlikely, but not impossible. And then the other position, which I don't want to get too far into this path because I might spend an hour bitching and arguing with you about this and that's running back i know a lot of people that are saying running back should not be in play in the first round i literally disagree wholeheartedly with that big time i think running back should be in play i don't know if you do do you let me let's start there man do you think running back legitimately should be in play and one last thing here and i'm babbling here but this is the first time we're doing it. So I, I got to let everybody know what's up and what's the deal. We're going on the assumption as of right now, when we tape, this is the Buffalo Bills roster late in the Monday night as we tape. And let's go on the assumption that between now and the draft, they don't make any more moves. This is your roster right now. You can't go assuming that they're going to go sign a veteran running back or um, a veteran defensive tackle before, right. before the draft. So that's the assumption right. we're going on. But that said, as things stand right now, would a running back, would Travis Etienne or Najee Harris be in play for you at 30? Yeah, Javante uh, Williams, too. Yeah, him, too. Would yes. also be in play for me. Uh, yeah, all three of those guys are totally in play for me. Absolutely. They were before free agency. They were right when I started digging into the film. I wanted Najee Harris a year ago, and he decided to go back to school. He was my top running back in that class a year ago. I wanted him so bad. I thought he fit exactly what I'm looking for out of the running back position. I know a lot of Bills fans are more on uh etienne and i let i do that too and i run up there for it and we can get more into that here when we get into this 30th pick but so long story short absolutely i'm not one of these people that's going to get say i can't do this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This position because I've been told or, you know, the asset isn't worth this position. Like the bills are picking 30th. I don't think there's a huge difference between picking 30th and picking early second round. I would take that same running back in the second round. I'm going to take him right there. Uh, I'm not worried about that. So, and to have a guy on a rookie deal, if it's a Najee Harris, I don't care about a second contract. I'm going to run his wheels off for five years. And yeah. hopefully that's our, the bill Super Bowl first Super Bowl window. Hopefully they win one along the way and then send him off to free agency and do it all over again in five years after you've gone to multiple playoff appearances, hopefully multiple Super Bowls. Uh, That's the plan. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so happy you said that because this is important to to point out to people. The end of the first round in terms of talent and picking, like you'd say, all right, it's not much of a difference taking a guy at 30 as opposed to 36. The one big difference is that fifth year. Right. And if you take a guy in the first round, that's exactly how I feel too with the running back. The biggest gripe about it is they don't usually get a second contract. Like, okay. I don't have any intentions on wanting to pay a running back. I want to Aaron ride Jones his money. legs into the ground. Right. Five years. Let's worry about that second contract in year six. And then we'll go draft another running back. I'm telling you right now, I don't consider, and I, I've said this a few times on my podcast and other ones I've been on recently, I don't consider it RB1. I consider it a weapon. That's a weapon for Josh Allen in the offense right now. And if one comes there at 30, especially if a couple other positions that you're eyeballing, they don't kind of fall your way. I kind of think it's almost like a no brainer to take a running back. Again, assuming that they don't go out and sign a, you know, maybe if they sign James White to sure. come out of the backfield and catch patches, that kind of changes the game. But those are the rules. And as of now, they haven't. So anyway, Let's go. Let's take a look at what uh, the draft number has. So I'm going to go ahead and start the draft on my end. And we okay. can keep talking here. It's going to take a second, even on the fast mode. Yeah. So why, why you do that? Let's highlight a couple of positions. And then, like I said, you'll see how that's playing out before the 29 picks before you. But So obviously we got the Jets taking Zach Wilson and then uh, Miami does take Jamar Chase. So that to answer our question from before, that's what they did in this scenario. So the Jets did take a quarterback, but Miami did not in this. Correct. Draft. Okay, now when it comes to the Bills, 
So we, we hit our running back a little bit. I think defensive end is definitely something that you're going to be looking at because you got Jerry Hughes at 33 years old, Addison at 34. Uh, A.J. Epinesa is not really proven. Uh, Daryl Johnson, ditto. But again, this is also going to play on the board. Like if there's one or two guys, are they going to be there for you, man? So let's what? see here some names I would say that I've seen kind of floated around circles that uh, people like for the Bills, whether or not they're going to be guys that fall or not. So guys that have already been taken here. Uh, AVT, Elijah Vera Tucker, gone 16th to Arizona. I've seen quite a bit of that, to be honest, him kind of up there. If he falls into the 20s, I think whenever our trade-up scenario is, that's where I'm going. Uh, let's what player see. were you talking about for that? Elijah Vera Tucker, the uh, interior lineman oh, for yeah, USC. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Najee Harris g- going to Miami. I would hate to see that. Uh, that ha- I've seen oh. quite a bit of that. Uh, him going there like, at 18th. I don't like that. No, definitely not. Greg Newsom, a name that I see quite a bit of, uh, athletic cornerback out of Northwestern going to Tennessee. I think that one makes a ton of sense with what they've done at their cornerback position here. I think I would be shocked if he goes right exactly there. Uh, let's see here. Quiddy Pay, uh, Michigan, 26th. We saw recently Joe Marino traded up to get him in his draft. Kadarius Toney, uh, I think a guy that if you were going to go wide receiver, at 30th, I think that's one that may make sense just because of all the other things he can do. And maybe you can unlock him being your Tyreek Hill type of player. Uh, Jalen Phillips edge already went. And that's about it for names I've seen linked to the bills that are already off the board. Uh, so I, this one's going to be easy for me, Pat, with what's available on my end. I'm going to go running up with a Travis Antien, uh draft card. And I don't think you can stop me. I don't know if there's any argument here that you could stop me from doing that. <laughs> you hear that, Bruce Nolan out there? You cannot stop Aaron Quinn from getting up there and taking Travis Etienne. Which, by the way, if he is, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking him too. All right. I mean, I mean, you're doing the draft. I'd be pissed off at you if you didn't take him. That said, okay, let's pretend for the sake of discussion, and it's official. We have drafted Travis Etienne, but let's pretend that he was gone. Okay, what positions do you do you see the Bills most likely to to want to target with the thirtieth pick if they stay at thirty, if they don't move up or they don't move back? We've discussed running back. Like, what are one or two other positions where you could really see the Bills using a thirtieth pick? Now it'll be depending on what's out there and what's available. Like, you're not going to take a tight end just to take a tight end if there's not a guy that you like, right. for an example. Uh Remind me of that question if I forget it, because I just want to make one point on NTN here real quick is I think a lot of people that aren't bought into him and I like Harris more. I, I have Harris graded higher personally, and I would take him if the two were on the board. But I think a lot of the people that haven't converted yet uh, and think of him just as a 40 guy, a speed guy. I also had that kind of idea, but when you turn on the tape, there's a lot more to his game than just straight line speed. Like it's not just a fancy 40. This guy's a legitimate running back, a legitimate, like you said earlier in the show, offensive weapon. You draft him, you get in a guy, you find ways to get the ball in his hands. And this isn't a CJ Spiller that just pops it outside and uses quickness only to beat people. He's elusive. He can break tackles. He's a strong runner. Like there's more to his game than just that straight line speed. So I want to get that out there. Uh, Other targets for me and thinking about mock drafts and 30th cornerback, I would love to finally fix it. I'm a fan of Levi Wallace. You saw me celebrate his return. I think that was a great move for the Bills to to have him return in case you don't 
uh, it doesn't fall your way and you can't get one He's a good floor. He's a good floor player for sure. Yeah. And yeah, the worst case scenario is you're running it back to last year for right. the AFC championship defense. So it's not the worst case scenario in the world. I like JC Horn. I don't think he falls. If he does, he's another one that I'm happy to run up for. Stokes is available in our mock here. Eric Stokes. I think that that's a reasonable debate to have that cornerback two outweighs the need for an elite running back. I think you can make that debate. I'm still taking the elite player over the need uh, in this scenario that we're going with. I think this was a good spot for offensive tackle, but you alluded to it. I don't think you can make the investment at 30 at tackle with the amount of contract investment you already have given up to, to ensure that you've got tackle situation and at their ages. Like, yeah, they're going to be around for a couple of years, minimum, at least for so. this run that we're talking about being willing to draft a running back for, like they're going to probably be playing the position for three years. I would think you're not going to take a pick at 30 and have him sit for three years behind Daryl Williams while, you know, his wheels fall off. Yeah, so. for sure. I think you can make a case at 30 if there's an interior offensive lineman that you really like a lot because Feliciano might not be here for more than a year or he might move to center. Maybe Morse is gone. Morse and Feliciano, I, there's a good chance that one of them, at least anyway, might only be here for this coming season. So yeah, man, uh, like I said, defensive tackle, that could be a possible position depending on if a guy you really likes there because again, after Red Oliver which is a big year for him. It's not a lot out there in terms of the bills. I mean, they got started a little too late. He's back. That's going to help them. But Justin Zimmer, Harrison Phillips, you still got a little bit of you. Vernon Butler. Yeah, they got, I mean, they got guys right now, so it wouldn't be so much about a pick that's going to really help them out. I would say if you take a defensive tackle 30th, I doubt he's going to have a big impact as a rookie. Right. But uh, it's something. But yeah, I think corner, for me, it's going to be edge corner or if one of those two running backs are out there, you know, if, if if Brandon Bean's feeling ballsy and I honest, something tells me he he will. Now, by the way, a lot of people are going to ask you about tight ends. Tell people a little bit about the tight ends. Obviously, Pitts is going to be way long gone. There's right. just simply not another tight end, is there, out there that really fits the mold of what they would want to do with that 30th pick? Because I did hear, I, I mean, I, look, I don't know as much as you about some of these prospects, but I've been starting to do more research. Like I know Pat Freermuth from uh, Penn State. I've yeah. heard some good things about him, but he's not the kind of tight end, really, I, I don't think that the Bills are looking for. But anyway, there's clearly not a, a first-round tight end outside of Pitts in this class, is there? I don't think there is, uh, and that's okay. I, I think that you can get – I'd like to see them get another tight end here. I would like a tight end room that is Knox, Hollister, and a draft pick, and maybe Sweeney's continuing developing if he comes back. I don't know what his situation yeah. is. I'm okay with that. I think that's a fine room. You run some young guys. I don't see an explosion in production coming from the tight end room in 2021. I was not really on the Ertz bandwagon or, you know, investing a lot into that position. Uh, I think Sean McDermott this last week at the press conference said, you know, you don't want to lose your fastball. It's exactly why they got Emmanuel Sanders. They know the strength of this offense is in the passing game with receivers and getting these receivers open and Chad Hall's doing a good job at that room. And I think, you want to lean into your bread and butter. Do we want better production at a tight end? Absolutely. Do we want to continue to develop that position? Completely. I think that's the Hollister move is trying to continue to develop that position. So I'm I'm with it. Uh, I've got a couple uh, tight ends that I am targeting, but not in the first round. I think that's a scenario where maybe you trade back uh, into early in the second round and, and you take the tight end out of Penn State with the early and second, make sure that you get him if he's your guy. But I don't know that you need to be there in the first round to take that. I think there's other needs 
and the talent isn't high enough to take that over needs where a running back. Yes, it's not a need, but the talent level is so high and you're talking about elite athletes and players. It just doesn't make sense to not, but at tight end, you're not, you're not walking away from the next Rob Gronkowski at 30th. Right. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said it that way because you and I agree on one thing. There are bigger needs as of now at that pick 30. But all I do in my mind is picture four wide receiver sets and Travis St. Dan back there. God, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Anyway, all right, let's keep this rolling here. So the Bills have picked the running back. Let me get that pick in for make it make it official. Let's make it uh let's make it podcast official. And then we're going to be headed towards the second round. Now the Bills have the 61st pick. And again, Aaron is not allowed to trade up or down. So I don't even know how you say his last name, Faramuth or whatever. Uh, Went 39th to the uh, Panthers. So you would have had to trade up or back pretty low. You wouldn't have got too far back into the second before he's gone in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Creed Humphrey, another name Bills fans like, is uh, 43rd pick overall to San Francisco. So he's off the board. Um Jason Uwa, the Penn State edge. I think that's another one that people have a lot at 30. He goes 35th, so there's uh early second round for him. Let's see here. Dylan Radunes. Rad, I don't know how to say his last name. The uh, offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Uh, seen, obviously, they're not in tackle mode now, but seeing that name linked quite a bit. He's off the board to the Cowboys. Sante Samuel Jr., uh, highly sought after cornerback off the board to the Seattle Seahawks at 56. I was going to ask you about him. That was one of the guys I have was I like him. about. I like him. He's gone. White Davis, interior offensive lineman at Ohio State off the board. Uh, another tight end prospect that some people seem uh, really infatuated with is Brevin Jordan. He's off the board here at oh, 58. That was my uh, guy to ask you about, too. That was going to be All right, one. let's talk about him for a second. So he's off the board here in this scenario to the Ravens at 58. I think that's a good pickup for the Ravens, honestly. This, uh, I like the, uh, this is a Dawson Knox type move. This is the only thing in my opinion is you're taking another guy with a really high ceiling potentially, but this guy also might not cut it in the NFL. I can't tell. Like he's got some ability where you, you see it and you say, wow, this guy could do some special stuff and you, you could line him up with Knox and this could be a lot of fun. It's a project. And I don't know if I trust the tight end room and Boris enough to develop a project because we haven't seen him develop Knox yet. Like, and, and that's his project. He's got to, de- I don't want to see resources come off of Knox to develop another rookie in that same way. So I'm intrigued by him. I understand what people are saying. There's some untapped something there for Jordan. I just don't know if I want to see the tight end room be just all that type of trying to develop some crazy athletic freak. I want to tell you one thing about tight ends too. This might sound stupid. And I was with you about Zach Gertz and I still am. Don't count him out for still being a Buffalo bill. That Jacob Hollister signing in no way precluded the bills from making that trade. To me, that was Brandon Bean telling Philly. I'm still interested in your guy, but I am not going to meet that ridiculous price. Marcel from ESPN, I think he reported they wanted the third round, and that's not going to happen. Right. So I I could still see that happening. I kind of hope it doesn't. I mean, I'm being completely honest with you. I, it's not that I hate Zach Ertz, but I don't want to pay him that money. I'd rather allocate that money to someone else. But anyway, I don't want to get off track here. So where are we looking at 61 now? So right up uh, first guy here on our board is Landon Dickers- Dickerson, uh, interior offensive lineman, Alabama. I would take that all day. Uh, I have no problem bringing up a, I not a big 
John Feliciano guy. I wanted to upgrade that position. I think seeing his contract uh, tells me there's room to. I, I think sure. the Bills agree uh, he is who they signed him to be, which is a rotational kind of backup. He might be able to be the the weak link in an offensive line where you draft a guy like Dickerson and then allow Feliciano to continue playing and you only have one kind of below average guy playing on the offensive line or maybe Cody Ford fights him for that position. I'm not sure. And, you know, he becomes more of a rotational backup, but I'm happy to go interior offensive line. If the the board falls this way, we're also seeing, let's see here. A couple other names. I like Tommy Trimble, uh, tight end out of Notre Dame. I'd feel pretty good here in, in the second round going with that. He's, He's got some nasty to him. I think he brings a different type of developmental player than Knox's where uh, it's not redundant in any way. And it gives you a different thing that you didn't get. More will replace that idea of a Lee Smith, a guy that can block. My biggest issue with Dawson Knox isn't his hands and his inability to catch. I thought he did a good job improving his efficiency here this last year. The blocking regressed and it was terrible. He's not a very good blocker and I want to see that improve. And I think Trouble can come in and be a good blocker blocking tight end in the NFL and make a lot of plays. I saw him play a lot at Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah so, so I'd be I'm happy to to run that pick up. Uh, I'm totally good there. The one that I take every single mock draft I've done this year is uh, Melifonwa uh, out of Syracuse. Uh, I'm in love with him. And I, you can't tell me this is another one where if he's there and I think he will be in the second round, that type of size at cornerback position it's not going to give you the athleticism that our friend Bruce Nolan is clamoring for, but I think his size makes up for some of the lack of athleticism. The way he closes in on the ball and hit those massive arms of his, like he can make up ground with his sheer size alone at the cornerback position. I like long, lanky guys like that. He's got good athleticism. I think you you bring him in, go to toe-to-toe Levi Wallace. If he takes a year to develop, this is a position I'm comfortable with the Bills developing guys. They've done a good job of taking an undrafted free agent like Levi Wallace and making him a okay NFL starter. We saw it with EJ Gaines. They got the most out of EJ Gaines anyone has ever gotten out of him. They've been able to get something out of nothing. Leonard Williams or, or, or uh, Leonard's of the world and Taron Johnson's a fifth round pick out of nowhere. I trust them to develop that position. So I'm going Melanofoy, uh for me. If I if I'm picking here, but actually the way this boards fall, you I think you could talk me into Dickerson too. Well, there's only one reason I wanted to talk you into Dickerson. Only one reason. It's because you're gonna pick a guy that I can't even pronounce, man. I'm already showing my ignorance. We're only in round two, bro. I think I'm saying it wrong too. Mela Fonwu. I always I said his brother's name. I've said his brother's name wrong for five years too. I just call his brother Obi, and this is Afitu. And I don't say their last I name. I have a habit every draft year of really studying running backs, receivers, and tight ends and forgetting about pretty much everyone else and just taking everyone else's word. But anyway, all right, well, that's the pick. He's a key so, guy. So let's go with, oh, oh, okay. I think the way this went, I'm going to change it up real quick. I'm going to go with Dickerson. I think that's too high of a value. If another scenario, I can trade back up. I'm your assistant GM in the room who just talked you out of what, Think you probably wanted to make. That's how it goes, man. Hey, Brandon <laughs> Bean would be the first to tell you. He, he doesn't make every decision. I'm going to go with Dickerson. Uh, I, I am really upset with the lack of ability to address the interior offensive line in free agency. I think it was people talk about the Bills' lack of speed in that game against Kansas City. And I watched that game back and I just see 
the guards getting beat up by Chris Jones and Josh Felicia Allen. Took a week. Yeah, Felicia Allen got dragged in that Kansas City game. Yeah, game. and Josh Allen was never comfortable in that game, and I, I don't like to see it. So I, I'm continuing to make that investment in Josh Allen and protecting him. So uh, and hopefully, it hopes the run, run game as well. So that's where I'm going. Dickerson. Yeah, sure. I like that pick, and you know. I like most of what the Bills have done, but if there's two moves that I'm not big fans of, I, I'm kind of not a big fan of Feliciano's signing. I think they could have done better, but I'm all right with it. I mean, I it's don't fine. hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Nazar Ladeen just went off the board to the Raiders at 79. That's oh, another boy. one that. Yeah, we're love. working out. We're working out towards the Bills' third rounder, which is going to be pick 93. I think if fans want Nazar Ladeen. You're gonna have to do it in the second. I he he's one of these guys that just or get back up because he never at least if mock drafts are true, which I don't know that they ever are. Uh, I don't ever see him getting to that third pick very often, and I think he his stock is only gonna rise as we approach the draft. So I think if he's a guy you want, you're probably debating that Dickerson or Nazar Dean, and he's gonna be your big nickel, Buffalo nickel, or whatever going forward. If you if you value that. Yeah, now Josh Allen fans are going to be happy with this so far. You've taken a running back. You've taken an interior offensive lineman. Probably not going to start his rookie year. Although, you know what? You're one snap away from being a starter when you're sure. when you're a backup. We've seen it. A lot of injuries. Cody, Cody Ford, can he get healthy or can he stay healthy, I should say? Feliciano went down last year. Mitch Morris had an issue. So, yeah, I mean, you are you might start week one as not being the starter, but that don't mean eventually he won't be sooner than later. But anyway, here's my point. So we're in the round three now, and the defensive fans out there are probably saying, yo, Aaron, man, when are you going to get a little more help for this defense? You know, we kind of, we looked all right last year, but we need to get a better pass rush. And, uh, you know, Kansas City, they, they dragged us in the, in the AFC Championship game. They made us look really bad. Now, you got to look at the board and value, but so you're at pick 93, round three. Uh, what, do, what are you thinking here? Yeah, so this these three rounds are definitely going to be the ones where we got the most to talk about, in my opinion. This is the most excited I am about this draft and where I think your 2021 help is coming is going to be here in this these first three rounds. I, I'm expecting you're at least going to get production out of two of these guys is the plan, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Uh, I like the idea, almost every mock I do, I take Tyler Sh- Shelvin out of uh, LSU, the interior defensive lineman. I don't know that he's an impact 2021 player, uh, but I think that he can learn and mentor behind star Latulale for a year and maybe do some rotation in a little, you know, 10, 15% of snaps, get him in and, and get his feet wet. But a guy that you don't necessarily need to make a major impact to the defense in 2021, but after star comes in and is that body that they lost last year, I think, I was one of the biggest defenders of Star Latule for a couple of seasons and everybody was killing me and then he's gone and you see the impact of that, even just the frame, that size. I was was wrong about him. I was very wrong about him. The size human being that it takes to play that position and hold up two other guys. I I think if the Bills can address that here and that's going to be the guy moving forward after Star goes, I'm happy to make that investment here and that maybe it doesn't make a major impact in 2021. I'm okay with looking to the future with this pick. And he's there every single mock draft I've done. They have him rated here on the draft network. He's at 104. So technically it would be a reach, uh, I would think, if the board fell this way and you have some other names up there. But I think it's just enough of a need for the future of this franchise 
and I'm happy to develop him. I know Eric uh, Turner at Cover One likes him a lot. Greg Thompson likes him a lot. We all like him. He's a huge body. I think he fits the mold of what they're trying to do there. Happy to take him. A um, couple other names I don't mind here. Hunter Long, tight end out of Boston College. I think it's if you miss on the tight ends in those first couple of rounds, I don't think the drop off to a Hunter Long is substantial enough that if you were going to take one of those other guys that you if it fell this way you wouldn't take him you know i I think that's totally reasonable to take a need or perceived need here uh trace sermon out of ohio state i think if you miss on running backs early and and you are in the market to improve that room you weren't able to get a james white or a veteran in there and you still have a space i think taking a running back in the third round again isn't the worst strategy Uh, one of them is bound to pay off for you at some point um trying to see here another name i like trill williams cornerback out of syracuse the other syracuse cornerback again this is a need that now we're three rounds in we were talking about as one of the highest needs still on my mock draft that's as the highest need still there i I would take a look at him there The, the edges here there's really not anybody that's doing it for me uh, so I think if you want to take an edge, I think you've got to really take care of that in those first two picks. If you want to edge player that's going to come in and contribute in 2021 anyway, I think right. there's some guys here that will, they could develop down the road when Jerry's done and stuff like that. But if you want to impact player, I think you've got to strike in those first two rounds. Okay. So now what we're learning is that, again, if you want an edge guy and you want him to be somebody who can contribute more this year, then you're definitely going to need to to take him relatively early. But now we're at pick 91, round three. You want to do some guys that you like. Who ultimately are you going to take here? You going to I'm take taking Tyler Shelvin. Take- yeah, Tyler Shelvin. Interior defensive line. I address the defense, and again, it's maybe it's pick. not a. It might not be a 2021 impact, and and I'm sure some fans will want more out of that pick. But dude, I don't want to have to go into a year not having one of those big body defensive tackles. And with the COVID year, we saw a few of those guys opt out of their contracts around the league. It wasn't just star that was the most impacted position, and all teams, I think, saw the value of that position and, and realized there aren't a lot of these guys in the world. So when you find them, you got to keep them. Yeah. So we went running back and then we went beef in rounds two and three. Yeah, now we got a big, and- big pause here through round four. This is going to be a pause. boring time when the draft <laughs> is really going on. It will be, but that's okay because to remind everybody again, the Bills don't pick in the fourth round because they traded for some guy named Stefan Diggs. All right. So he's all right. He's, uh, he's all right. So, uh, I think we're okay losing that pick. So, all right. So now we've hit that like kind of fifth round. We got to, you got to hope at this point, you got to hope in, um, that is what it is, but I, I like what we got going on right now, what we haven't addressed, which is not a complaint because it just means that, you know, we're going another direction, but defensive end and, and you just said it, I mean, you got to get one pretty early if you want him to be a contributor. This makes me hope that before the draft, that the Bills sign another veteran defensive end because I'm just not sold on Addison getting, I don't think last year was a, a quote-unquote down year. Dude's 34 years old. I think this is what he is at this point. Rotational guy. Eh, he's okay. He's, he's all right. Fine. He's, he's fine. He, they could do better. I, I, want, numbers, I want to see him do better. The sack numbers are misleading. He had five sacks. It's misleading. He was second on the team in pressures. That mm-hmm. matters. Pressures do matter. Uh, I think he's still fine. I agree. I want more. I want more in case he gets hurt. I want more in case Epinesa doesn't take a step forward in his development. Cause I don't know uh, where he's going to go in his development. I just want more of that position too. Cause Jerry Hughes is aging. I need in a little bit of an injection of youth to continue at that position. 
but that's why I'm also happy kind of waiting for one of these developmental guys. I do think that there are some developmental guys that are going to be here around now in this pick almost every single time that I'm going through a mock draft scenario or looking at other people's mock drafts. I'm seeing some guys here that I think you could maybe work with for a year, even have the same type of trajectory that we saw at Vanessa have where late in their first year, they start to come on uh, a little bit. So let's recap now. Uh, it's run through here. We're at our pick five guys that have come off the board in this round that I like, or have been linked to the bills. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, the running back at Oklahoma state. I know a lot of people like his past production uh, and are, are leaning on that film of the past uh, that they can have a reclamation of that past success in college. But I, he's a bit of one that I'm not sure if I'm willing to take a chance on uh, in the fifth round, I guess, because again, some of these guys might not even make the team if they're not special teams contributors at this point here. Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh is an edge that I like. I think that that would be a good kind of developmental thing. You put him with Jerry. I think it's a good room, Mario Addison, and you, you let him learn for a year behind those guys and hopefully step into a role. Chauncey Golston out of Iowa, another edge, uh, an Epinesa guy, you know, bring it, bring in another Iowa guy. Sean McDermott loves these Iowa players. Uh, they have a good connection uh, to this franchise. I- I'm totally fine with that. Those guys are off the board in this scenario. So you've whiffed a little bit on edge again. And these are guys that I target around this range. Um, so yeah, you whiffed again. So what do we have uh, here? We have, Javion Hawkins, a running back out of Louisville. You talk about weapons, Pat. I think if you miss early on and Javion, uh, sorry, Javion Hawkins is in here and you're at 161, I think that it's worth taking a fifth round flyer on a guy with just crazy speed on the field. And I don't know, he might be a poor man's Tariq Cohen and never really pan out, but I, I try to find ways to get this guy the ball and see what happens when he explodes. I, I'm cool taking a running back here and, and, Talk on that, and I'll look throughout and see what else we've got here. What, did you just say another running back? No, I'm not going to take him. I'm just saying if we missed oh. early on, Javian Hawkins is there uh, in right. the fifth round. He's a right. big-time weapon. Sure. Um, the, way I, the way I see this draft, uh, the way things are playing out in version one, and again, we're going to do crossed, this six yeah. times, so it might, play, it might play out differently next week for an example, but I keep going back to the defensive end. I found it interesting that, the Bills reportedly were in all, well, I don't want to say all in, but they were definitely in on J.J. Watt. Right. And after not landing him, we haven't heard about any defensive end free agent in, or free agencies or free agents. Ugh. I'll get my linked. words right here. Nobody Aaron. was linked, we, right? There, no one's really been linked to the Buffalo Bills, any defensive ends right now. Do you find right. that interesting that they made a play for J.J. Watt? It's like they want him, but they don't want any other defensive ends. It's interesting to me. I don't know. That, yeah, I mean, we don't As know that they... Yeah, it, we are not aware of what markets they were into on some of these other ends that went. We did hear a report from Draft Diamonds that uh, I think he talked with an agent that said the Bills are really holding on their value of one-year deals, come play here, be the best version of yourself. And if guys aren't taking it, they're just kind of moving on. They're not really interested in bidding uh, for services. So we don't know. Available edges that are here right now, Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State, I'm um, not super interested. Ohio State, they they put out good players, but I think that he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a rotational uh, four-down lineman defensive end in the NFL. So 
this is another hard part when you're looking up edge uh, in the draft and you just see a guy listed as edge. Is he a scheme fit? Is he a fit for what the Bills want to do with him? Um, the other edge available here is Ellerton Smith. Um, I don't really know much about this player, but uh, at the draft network has him as a three, four scheme sub package edge player. They don't know that the bills are going to try to convert some guy here. Uh, I do think, yeah, I'm trying to look, there's really nobody else here within this pick at edge that I think you're, I think again, you're going to have to have already taken an edge at this yeah. point in the draft. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, if you want to target with it. That. Yep. And I do think I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that they're done necessarily trying to address it. There's still some names out there on Plenty. the market that are going to have this. One of these guys is going to have to take a one year, prove it or try to win a Super Bowl deal, a, a Dunlop, a clowny. One of these guys, I know fans don't want to hear it. There's a flaw with every one of them. But somebody's going to have to take a deal, and I think Brandon Bean will be right there, ready to embrace Al- Alden, him. Alden Smith, maybe in the right circumstance. Totally. Yeah. Uh, a pick I like taking here. Have Where are we at? Have we taken a wide receiver yet? Nope. We're in the fifth round. And by the way, we have two picks in this round. We're, we're at 161, and then the Bills are going to be on the clock again, 13 picks with later at 170. Yeah, and I hate drafting here, to be honest, because I don't love, I'm not in love with any of these guys. I think I said it before. I'm not, I haven't really graded out this round. So I hate this. It's back to back and there's nobody here that I'm in love with. I expect Brandon Bean to move something around here in, in these back fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. I, I expect them to kind of move around and target specific guys. But for the sake of this, another guy I'm happy to take here would be Marlon Williams, uh, U- UCF, former national champion, I think, right? At UCF. Uh, aren't they asterisk national champions? Um <laughs> A wide receiver there plays that big slot role that we're not sure if Hodgkins can play or not. So I I think I'd be happy to to develop another wide receiver. I like Chad Hall. I think that room has just enough veteran leadership with Diggs. Now you bring Emmanuel Sanders in, another great veteran leader. Cole Beasley is an amazing leader out of the slot. I think now you have you know, Davis learning under Diggs and Sanders and, and a little bit with Cole Beasley too. And you bring in another guy maybe to eventually replace Cole Beasley and become that next slot receiver in the Bills offense. I think it's a nice time to continue to develop that room into the future as these guys age out because I don't want the drop off of Josh Allen's weapons to ever lag for two or three yeah. seasons. I want to give him a constant reloading of young talent. So I'm happy to to add wide receiving talent and running back talent to this offense all the time. So that that's a guy I've been taking a lot at this pick. Uh, Shy Smith is another one out of South Carolina. He's a shifty, you know, project slot receiver that I think you could take here. Um, what are you thinking? Assistant GM, you got anybody that you've been targeting? I, I, like, I like, I like Marlon Williams and I like the thought process too. I think this is a great time to take a wide receiver, taking one in the first say three rounds to me. If you're talking about right now, win now, this is a, winning championship caliber football team. When's he going to see the field? You got four, you got the deepest four wide receivers in the NFL right now. Right. But if you take a guy right here in the fifth round, now you got time to develop him because guess what? I like Emmanuel Sanders. He might only be here for one year. Cole Beasley's not going to be around forever. I love Cole totally. Beasley, but, but you know, who knows? So you can never have too many good weapons. And, and you just said it, man. Don't ever stop getting potential weapons anyway for, Josh Allen. So totally. I think this is a great spot to take a wide receiver and develop him. And as a fifth rounder, if he barely plays or even, <laughs> he plays at all, he's just yeah. whatever, who cares? Good. Yeah. Fine. 
You know, again, we're we are not the seven and nine, six and ten, four and twelve Buffalo Bills anymore. No. This is a championship contender. So we're gonna yeah, have all these round. players are gonna have to earn playing time on this roster. Who everyone that they right. draft. So and so, it, I, love I think it. I think you can wait even to this one seventy four traditionally in these mock drafts that I've seen. Uh, excuse me, Shai Smith's still on the board here. Uh, Cornell Powell is another developmental guy out of Clemson that I like. He's still on the board here, so I think there's room to wait a little bit at that pick. Uh, Jalen Dur- Darden at North Texas is another speedy explosive guy who can return punts that's here. So I think if you have a guy in that first fifth round pick that you just, well, we don't really want to take a wide receiver. I think you can wait a little bit and get a guy here with this next pick. But again, they're back to back. So let's look uh, what's here. Really nothing's changed in terms of targets that I've seen really addressed to the bills. Um, have we went with have we went with Marlon Williams in? Or are we still thinking we did. about that? No, yeah, right, no. So we're, once you said we were cool, we went with in. Marlon Williams, so we got a wide right. receiver there. So we're at 174 now. Pick yep. fifth round. A pick I like here, which is a little uh I don't know if all fans are gonna buy into this. I kind of like a guy named Reed Blankenship. I don't know if you've heard this name here. Um not really. He is a safety out of middle Tennessee. Uh, 6'1", 196 pounds. He reminds me of like what Sean McDermott probably was at William and Mary, just like a, a hard nose safety has a nose for the ball. I think that they, he could be a developmental player, special teams contributor. I think he could be a guy that comes in and stays on this team through special teams. Uh, I would say another safety, uh, Tyree Gillis, Gillespie could be another one of these guys that is a special team safety. I think you have to add depth. If you're not going to bring back Dean Marlowe or right. address it early with a big nickel guy. I love Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde. They're getting on the older side. Safeties can play for a while. They they could play for another four or five years. If one of those guys gets injured, that drop off is significant right now and there's nobody that they've really de- Jaquan Johnson hasn't really developed into a guy that I feel necessarily can come in and take over that role uh who else is is there at the safety position right now it was always Dean Marlowe is the go-to you're not going to have that if he doesn't resign with the bills here so I think at some point they got to take a safety and start developing that future what it looks like if you end up losing a Micah Pot, uh, or, uh, Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer at some point, we keep mixing their names together. I think by the end of their yeah. run here in Buffalo, it's just going to be I one. Screwed, I, I screwed you up too. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, but I, I feel I would feel comfortable if we're going to miss on edge, and I still don't see an edge here that like really just does it for me. That isn't a huge developmental project that I, I would be comfortable addressing safety. Nobody's really listing that as a need, but I think it's a sneaky one in the next year or two here. Sure. So which one are we going to go with? We're going to go with Reed Blankenship? Uh, let's go Blankenship. Let's go with my Sean McDermott. I think he's processy. So we like that. <laughs> I haven't looked at Reed. his uh, Twitter handle to see how much he loves Jesus yet, but I'm sure he does. <laughs> All right. Reed Blankenship, safety from, uh, where the hell is he from? He's from Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Tons of legends out of Middle Tennessee, right? <laughs> All right. So we got two more picks here and we're in the round six. And yeah, at this point, it's just. Honestly, have you ever seen yeah. the league? <laughs> Uh, the show, the league about fantasy football. You you seen oh, that I love one? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my this is like yeah, I love that show too. Uh, right now in this sixth and seventh round, I feel like Rafi, where I'm like I don't, I don't know kicker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. If you're in the sixth round and you're breaking down guys and breaking down their film and what exactly type of player they are, and you got a bunch of guys and you're a nerd, 
All right? Yeah, you're a nerd, you're guys. In the head. Eric, you're Turner, Eric. Eric Turner, you're a nerd. Joe Marino, you're a nerd. Bruce, yeah. Bruce Nolan, you guys are you all guys are nerds, all stick man. in the head. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate it. We need Greg too. Yeah, we need these people uh, to to help us along here. So yeah, here um, looking for names that have come off the board that are any type of link. Really, nothing that I'm sad about has come off the board here. You still have Cornell Powell, although we've taken a wide receiver here. You have Wayne Wyatt Hubbard. Uh, out of Kansas State, who is again a three more of a three four edge. Uh, you got the kid out of Buffalo, again a three four edge. So you're really whiffing on edge in this draft. We're gonna have to go out and find it. I, I don't think that you can reach for it at any point, and you're not gonna get anything here in the sixth round that's gonna do anything for you in 2021 anyway. So I think you you got to go out and address this. And this makes me look forward. This makes me look forward to when we do this next week and seeing if our our now that we're armed with this knowledge of the way things played out, maybe our mindset changes when we do a mock draft next week early in the draft, which is a week from now. And maybe, who knows, maybe the Bills sign a defensive end by then. And then it's a moot point. But yeah, this is going to make, this is what I like about the exercise. What's true today, what we discussed today, who you like today may not be the case depending on. Totally. And these boards are going to change. I've seen these boards change yeah. so often of guys that you couldn't get at 30 are now sliding into 30 or guys that were always there at 30 are now yeah, at you 16. Might like no Tyler, you what. like Tyler. Yeah. You like Tyler Shelvin right now. Who knows? Maybe next week he's not there with the third rounder. So we'll exactly. see. But anyway, yeah. So we're, we're at pick 213 round six, two more guys to go. Yeah. So I'm looking for guys. I, I should have worn my glasses. Uh, Guys typically in the sixth round that I'm looking at, uh, Taron Jackson, an edge. Chris Rump out of Duke is an edge. Uh, but I think these are guys that can also be had in the seventh round. So it's hard to draft them here. But if you want to make sure that we get out of this draft with an edge, uh, even if it's a guy to develop, I'm sitting here at the sixth. They're rated by Draft Network as, uh, let's see, Chris Rump, edge out of Duke, is at 229. Uh, we're picking a 213. So it's a little bit of a reach, not crazy. And then uh, Taron Jackson is a 238 edge out of Coastal Carolina. I'm happy to take either uh, here and develop one of them. Should I just take the higher rated Chris Rump, the second out of Duke? Yeah. Let's take him and, and develop him and see. At the worst case scenario, what I'd be looking for, uh, if we're if Bills are going edge this late in the draft, I'm looking for somebody that can push Bam Johnson for special teams reps and hopefully be a prospect that maybe catches on quicker than Bam Johnson was and pushes that position as to whether or not he makes the team. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Absolutely. And as we're doing this exercise here, I just become more and more fascinated that I realize roster spots are not a given with the Buffalo bills right now. These guys forget the names. I don't have to know anything about the names, just the positions alone. They're not given. And, And I like that a lot, man. So that's cool. All right, so last pick. And by the way, I did want to mention that fifth pick, Marlon Williams, that was the pick for Zay Jones. So I, I kind of think it was pretty cool to see what kind to of get, pick. Hey, there you to, go. What, what you end up getting for him. That'd be pretty cool if Marlon Williams turned out to be a, a pretty good receiver. I mean, someday. all he has to do is not jump out a window uh, and be totally, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're good as long as he doesn't the Raiders, do The Raiders just re-signed him, so they, 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 they like him. They like Nate Peterman. They like Zay Jones. It's kind of weird, man. I'm a, I'll always be a little bit of a Zay Jones fan. I liked him. I thought he was better than fans gave him credit for being, but uh, on to new and better things, and hopefully that pick turns out better here. So something that I traditionally do in these mock drafts when I'm this late is I'm looking to fill 
cornerback. I, I'd like to get another defensive back late. It's these guys are usually the remaining guys that are pretty athletic that you're going to get back here. I feel like you can never have enough cornerbacks, even right. guys to tuck in on your practice squad, like we saw with Dane Jackson. Uh, what's the kid out of you? Who I like. That, yeah, uh, that the Bills have. They have a couple of these guys where they draft late and they kind of hide them on the practice squad for a year or something like that. You can't have enough defensive backs, even through camp, just to have good practices in camp uh to have guys that can play special teams defensive backs are usually right up there with wide receivers as the extra special teams guys because teams carry heavy positions of both wide out and cornerback because that's the way the league is trending is you got to have guys that catch the ball and you have to have guys that defend those guys uh that's right. just the way the league's trending so i'm you're talking about you're talking about cam cam thomas cam, right or cam cam lewis right cam lewis not thomas from ub Yes, not, not a bad player. Yeah, yeah, no, he came in and played pretty well for Taron Johnson when uh, they benched yep. Taron Johnson. So yep. uh, again, yeah, totally happy to find a guy here right now. Our highest graded uh, corners available to us in the draft here: are Marco Wilson out of Florida, Manny Rugamaba out of Ohio or Miami, Ohio. Uh, you have a couple other guys I don't even know. Honestly, Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma, Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas. TJ Dana. So you're going to have a bunch of these guys. I guarantee you, I don't know anything about any of these guys individually, but if I went over and graded them, I'm assuming they're all probably somewhat similar. <laughs> uh, since I don't know which one would fit in the Bills scheme best, I say we take the best cornerback available and, and hope that he's athletic enough to come in and give us something that we don't have. Um, so maybe Marco Wilson here out of Florida to end the night. Marco Wilson, corner out of Florida. Sure. All right, man. Florida Sounds always good has good athletes. I don't care. This guy's probably not going to make the team, to be honest. I I hope he does. I, this is a different Bill squad, man. This is a, a team that still has some needs, but Brandon Bean has done a hell of a job filling going into the draft where I don't feel desperate. We didn't get an edge that is going to contribute in 2021, but I don't feel like that's going to hold the Bills back from getting into the AFC championship again next year. That's that one edge is going to be the thing that puts them over the hump to beat KC. Like there's a lot of things they got to do to get over KC. And I don't think the answer is coming in this draft class. That's going to be a guy that contributes that much in my opinion. I agree. All right. So we're going to recap the draft. And by the way, that last pick was again, courtesy of Marshall Newhouse. The, <laughs> Thanks Marshall. So here we're recapping the draft picks. First round, we took Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. Second round, we took interior offensive lineman Landon Dickinson for, Dickerson, I'm sorry, from Alabama. Third round, we got Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle from LSU. No fourth rounder, two in the fifth. First one was Marlon Williams, a wide receiver from UCF. And then the second one was a safety, Reed Blankenship, a.k.a. the next Sean McDermott That's from right. middle, to middle Tennessee. Uh, sixth rounder. Chris Rump, the second defensive end from Duke. And then that last pick, Marco Wilson, a corner from Florida. I like it. I feel good about it. Last question, then I'll let you go, Aaron. So if this turns out to be the draft, and again, we're going to do five more of these. If this turns out to be their draft, this tells us that we still have work to do before the draft. I think we've talked about defensive end a lot. We have not talked about cornerback a lot, though. In terms of veterans out there, I'm... Maybe I'm wrong, and if I am, I apologize. But weren't you, were you interested in Richard Sherman before free agency? Yeah. I thought you were. You yeah. were. Are you still, and do you think that this is a position? Because, again, we feel the same way about Levi Wallace. We both love the signing. 
We both think that worst case, they don't add to that room with a, a quality veteran. You could do worse than him. He's a good floor player to have right now. Him and Dane Jackson, maybe they have a nice little competition as things stand. But are you still very interested in adding another veteran before the draft? Or are you good? Like, what work do the Bills need to do based on our draft leading up to this draft to, to make you really happy going into training camp? I think addressing edge with a guy that can contribute to that position in 2021 before the draft so that you don't feel like you have to reach in the scenario we got in so that when uh, really I the thing I don't want to see is the Bills have to take an edge at 30 when a guy if they like Travis Etienne more or Najee Harris falls and just that whole stigma and not that I think Brandon Bean buys into it necessarily but that whole idea that running backs undervalued and so even though this player we might think is an elite player we want that need of getting an edge now because we weren't able to address it in free agency so i think if you can every type of hole in that scenario that you can fill going into it so that if the board does fall this way we saw uh, ben albright say that the bills are targeting a running back but are flexible uh that they don't need a running back but they have targeted a running back that's going to be around that pick I think if there's a guy that you like, you want to have the posi- the roster in a position that you feel comfortable with the players on your roster going into the draft that you don't need to reach at any of these spots and that you could take a running back and don't feel like you jeopardize 2021 in any way to take a running back and that this is only going to be, like you said, an offensive weapon that can only improve things and, and that you didn't miss out on something. You still have some veteran presence that can participate in and give you some production at like edge, for instance. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I still feel the Bills are going to add a defensive end, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be via free agency either. I guess I, I feel a trade. Everyone, Zach Ertz, this, give me, Zach Ertz, give me Hunter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I can see Brandon Bean making a trade. I just, there's just something in my bones right now that tells me the Bills are not going into 2021 with Addison and Hughes as the first two guys and AJ Epinesa as the third. I think they're going to add to that room. And I think it's going to be somebody who might be better than anyone on this roster right now. I don't know who, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's in Hunter my wants out of Minnesota. I would gladly move on from the first round pick to get a proven young pass rusher. That's super disruptive in the Me NFL. Too. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't care about the first round pick as much of a lot of your, probably your listeners and Twitter. I think uh, fans overvalue those picks more than a lot of GMs around the league do. And especially at 30, if you can move on from that first rounder and even some future picks, give me the proven production every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Look, it would break my heart to not get Travis ATM when he's just sitting there begging the bills to go out and take him. Because again, he would just be so much fun and a big weapon. But if you get an opportunity to get Hunter or some defensive end that maybe we haven't even discussed, then I think you got to do it. But anyway, again, this is the first of what will be six, Mock draft, Buffalo Bills mock drafts every Wednesday leading up to the draft on April 29th. Give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron716. Check him out on Cover One, of course, with Greg Thompson. Bro, thanks for doing this. This was fun. And again, this was the first time we did this. And, uh, you know, next week we'll we'll start to incorporate some trading, some aspects of that. and Let's see how it. I'm team trade up, baby. Let's trade them all up and, and get some studs. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Again, bonus episode, Talk About Flow podcast. I will be back, regularly scheduled episode, casual Friday with my buddy Del Reed on Friday. Have a good one, folks.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com